We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to the Transformative Principle Podcast. This is your host, Eric McKelkey. Our guest on the show today, welcome, Mr. Jonathan Cranford. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Love yeah. your show. Yeah, thanks Thanks for coming on today. Um, really excited when, when we first connected uh, with Jethro through email um, that the topic you wanted to, to come on the show about was ISS. That is correct. Yeah. Suspension. Yeah, I had to. I du- I double checked. I don't know if you get that a lot. I'm like, you mean in school suspension, right? Um, yes, not the International Space Station. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If your if your audience is principals, that's what we think. But I don't. I don't know that non educators are are as excited about those three letters as we are. Um, so I I think it's a really um, unique topic, but very relevant, and that's why. Um, you know, I was pretty tired last night. My wife's like, why don't you sleep in? I said, no, I got, I got an early, um, podcast episode and I'm really excited. And she's like, oh, cool. You know what? And, and she's thinking like research, she's into curriculum. I said, no, we are talking ISS on the podcast. (laughs) So really, really excited. So, so Jonathan, um, tell us a little bit, you know, where, where's your, where's your background coming from? before we get into the ISS conversation. Yeah. Well, thanks for not sleeping in first off. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. And uh, my background is I started teaching 11 years ago and my first seven years of teaching, I was a high school English teacher on a therapeutic campus for students with the label of emotional disturbance. And then uh, I went from that into teaching in school suspension on a standard middle school campus. Uh, And that's what I've done the last four years on two middle school campuses. And uh, I think the most important thing for your audience to know about me is that my wife is also a school teacher and my daughter is also a school teacher. And pretty much all of my friends are school teachers. So um, 
the way I view my role in, in school suspension is to support the people I'm closest with. You know, I always ask like, how can I be a value add to this campus? And how can I help these folks who I care about who are doing the most difficult job in the world, which is of course teaching middle school. Um, so let me just tell you kind of how I got to where I am and then we can go into writing the book. Um, so my first year as a in-school suspension teacher on a middle school, they just, you know, they, there's no real training for uh, becoming an in-school suspension teacher. There's no PLCs. Uh, there are now in, in, in my district, uh, fortunately. Uh, we well, made that, that happen. Can, can I clarify that? So you get to collaborate with other in-school suspension teachers? Yes, yes, we do. Man, that's that's awesome. I guess being in a huge district there's there's you're not just on an island like in a small small rural place well there wasn't plcs until i until i started doing what i'm what i'm doing but uh yeah i am in uh, in the plcs often i'm leading the plcs uh, and it's good we're getting uh we're getting some so everybody's starting to get on the same page I and mean, we've got 12 middle schools and, and five high schools so uh you know getting the system to work is is you know it's it's starting to happen um but uh, just internally. Uh, now, where was I? Uh, the uh, right. So I, I go into in-school suspension, and like I said, there was originally there was no PLCs, there was no uh, training. They just kind of throw you in there, and they're like, "Hey, good luck. You know, do your best." And so I instantly just start implementing some rules and procedures that are pretty common sense to me, and almost immediately. What happens is uh, my, my campus starts to notice, they start to feel it. And I have teachers coming up to me in the hallways and they're asking me, you know, like, hey, you know, my kid got all of his assignments completed. You know, that's, you know, how did that happen? Or he's doing more with you than he got done all week, you know, with me, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you get him to do their work? Question mark. I'm like, okay, oh, is that, is that new? And they're like, yeah, that's, that's new. <laughs> And then, you know, I'm hearing them say things like, well, you know, wow, the kids are having different conversations about in-school suspension now. Like they don't want to go back there at all. Like they never want to go back, but they're also saying like, they don't hate you. They're like, oh, Mr. Cranford's cool, but I, but you know, ISS sucks. I don't want to go back. That's their, their standard statement. So I realized pretty much immediately that we're having an effect that's positive as far as we're, you know, the behavior intervention is there. It is a consequence, at least at this point, it's functioning as a consequence. And they're not losing, uh, they're, they're oftentimes getting ahead in, or getting caught up in, on, on academically. Um, they're not losing instruction. Uh, so we're already kind of where we wanna be. And it's gonna become much more than that, but it, that was just year one. That was me just figuring things out. By year two, my district starts to notice. And what they do is they start using my room as a model ISS room and they're bringing in behavior specialists and other people from the district to come in and, and look. And uh, eventually they bring in another, even another district that they're mentoring on PBIS implementation. And, you know, so, I, so I, I'm, not, I'm getting attention that my classroom, I've never received in all my years of teaching, my classroom is now getting all of this attention all of a sudden. So I start asking some questions, right? I'm like, uh, are there other similar ISS rooms in the district? <clears throat> and they're, you know, they tell me, well, no one's doing what you're doing. And so I kind of do the math in my head. Well, there's 12 middle schools, five high schools, you know, nobody. And so then I start talking to teachers in other districts, right? So I'm in uh, the Houston area. I'm not in Houston Independent School District, but mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's one of the largest in the country. Yeah. But we border it and we border a bunch of other medium-sized districts so all around me. And I know teachers who work in all of them. And so I asked those teachers, 
you know, hey, what's ISS like, you know, on your campus? What's it like over there? And you really, you get two responses. Um, the most common is ISS is a joke. The kids love going there. There's nothing happening. Um, it just kind of gives the teacher a break. You know, they just they just dump the kid in there. Um, and then, or or you'll hear, well, yeah, I think my ISS, our ISS teacher is good. But then when you do a little digging and you start asking questions like, oh, well, what's your system for getting work to this person? Or does work, you know, come back completed? And you'll get, oh, well, no, we don't really uh, expect work to come back. But, you know, he makes them sit there quietly all day. And, you know, so that's good. And, and you know, that to me is it's not functioning. That's just kids sitting in a room doing time. Um, so then, I, you know, that piques my interest even more. So I start doing a little digging on the Internet. You know, and I'm a bit of a writer as a hobby, you could say. And, you know, you're not going to keep a, a, a writer away from a story. So I, so I, I get into Google and, and start looking around. And I find that everywhere in the United States right now is struggling with this problem of, you know, having this, you know, a, a tier two intervention, right? When you have exclusionary discipline, OSS or ISS. And if you look at the data, they're paired together as equally ineffective, right? If you, if you send a kid out of school, uh, you send them home for a couple of days, nothing good really comes of that. We know that now the data shows that, but the, but ISS, it's also showing that as well, that it's, it's right there with OSS as far as it being effective, but I've already figured out why, right? In my head, I know why I'm like, oh, well, the bar has been set incredibly low for this position and it's not effective. And part of the reason it's not effective is they just don't know how to do it. They didn't, they haven't figured out a way to implement it, uh, this plan. So uh, that realization just motivates me to go ahead and start writing because I, I look on Amazon, I'm like, is there any books that out there that are saying, you know, here's how to run an ISS program efficiently, properly, effectively. Uh, and there's not, there's, there's, there's books kind of ISS adjacent. There's books saying why you shouldn't have ISS. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I understand all that, but there's not one that until now that says, here's how you do it, you know, and here's how, here's how it can work for you. Yeah. And that, that's important you know, there's some philosophical stuff on effectiveness and, you know, personal opinions. And um, that's great. The The book on Amazon, a discipline program that um, benefits your staff and students is a subtitle, but I just um, pulled up the art of in-school suspension is the title, right? Yes. Yeah, yep. that's, that's great. Cause I know a lot of, you know, going back to when you when you first came into the ISS um, role, probably not a lot of mentorship and, um, you know, here, we're going to help you set this program up for success. If I had to guess, it was here's the keys, here's the room, do your best. That you just described exactly described exactly what the experience was. Yeah. Here, here's the other thing I, I, I wonder about this, um, you know, your first year, even your first day in, in that role on that campus, um, what did you hear from like the teacher side of, Hey, welcome. You're the ISS guy. Make sure when they come to you, I wanted to do this versus your administrators. Like what were the expectations of you being the ISS guy? What did people want? <laughs> They want the, like I said, the bar is very low. They wanted, you know, uh, 10 kids to go into the room and 10 kids, 10 kids to come out at the end of the day with uh, minimal bruises and scratches and, and injuries. Uh, I feel like that's where it was, to be honest. Um, we had an effective uh, system pretty quickly on uh, how to send work to in school suspension. 
Um, but the teachers were so used to not getting work back. They were sending it into essentially a black hole where it would never return. So, uh, so I immediately, you know, jumped on that and was like, no, 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 we're going to get the work back to you. Um, so yeah, the, uh, as I said before, the, the expectation was very low. Um, the bar was low, but, uh, we, you know, once I started getting them, their assignments back to them completed, I started getting kids caught up on, on things. Uh, then they started to see the value. The teachers see it almost immediately. It takes a little while longer for the admin to, to, to jump on board. Um, because there's a little bit of a distance between, uh, you know, what the teachers are seeing and what they're seeing, right? So they it takes them a little bit of time. Well, um, and and if I had to guess, you know, the more effective the ISS room is, and and you have that program structured effectively, you're going to probably get more clients from the administrators, right? Yeah, well, we yes, the the, the admin. If you if you're referring to people sending who send the children to in school suspension. Yeah, I'm ju I'm just thinking about like when when we have discipline issues in the, in the principal's office, and you look at I don't I don't know what what your guys's discipline code and handbook looks like, but it's there's usually discretion unless it's a major safety issue. Like, hey, this could be in school or out of school. Well, everybody knows, as a principal, you don't control outside school suspension. Right. Some kids yeah. you hear, you know, that old school Johnny will be pulling weeds for three days and drink no water in the sun. <laughs> like I am going to support you and he will never want out of school suspension. And then you have some that say, I'm taking him to Disneyland and you're picking on my kid and this is going to be a, a vacation. It's like, well, that's not that's not effective. Um, so it's like if the ISS program is set up doing what we want, kids completing work, work getting turned in, they're not falling further behind academically, and maybe they're learning some like pro-social behaviors, everybody would, would rather have the student in ISS instead of a ticket out the door. Yeah, that is, <clears throat> so when you were asking me, I, I don't think I, I wasn't clear exactly on the question when you asked uh, what was, who are my, where am I getting my clients from? In my, yeah. in my school, and I think in all the schools in my district, um, the only people who can assign in school suspension is the administrators. Yeah. So they don't really, they can, they can be referred from the, by the teachers, but the admin are the ones who send them to me. Um, but yeah, they, well, one of the things that's a new experience um, on, on, I, I just, this is just this year I heard this. Um, I, you know, I always get pretty high praise from my, from my administrators uh, on what I'm doing, but I had an administrator recently stop me uh, in, in the cafeteria and we were, we were discussing uh, just, you know, what, you know, what was going on in, in school suspension that, that the last couple of weeks. And he had said to me, I didn't even think about this, but it's to your point. I, I never thought of this that he, um, he was like, no, he's like, you've helped me out so much because now, when I'm telling a parent that I have to assign, I'm assigning in-school suspension, they, and they try to argue, well, why should I uh, put this kid in in-school suspension? He's just going to miss instruction. And he's like, I can just say, no, no, no. This guy that we have here actually gets them caught up on their work. And so it really helps them. And that's not why I am passionate about in-school suspension. I'm, you know, I'm really more from the teacher angle. I'm helping out teachers. Right. That's that's what I, that's that's most of what I think of. I don't honestly, you know, I don't think about administrators a lot other than, you know, are they sending me kids? Is it, you know, how is that going? Um, why are they sending them? You know, um, am I you know, are they do they are they do they appreciate what I'm doing? Um, but yeah, so I didn't even realize how much that could benefit 
until this year, how much that benefits you guys in just being able to tell a parent, look, they're not going to be behind on instruction. This is a perfectly good intervention, you know, and it's better than sending them home for three days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's the only way to have some kind of control over that as a school is to make sure they have, you know, the opportunity to, to stay as caught up as they can. And, um, hopefully not re repeat the same mistakes. Can you, can you tell me a little bit, you know, you had mentioned when we were emailing back and forth, Jonathan, ISS is your passion project. How, how did, how did you end up really going all in on ISS and wanting to really um, help schools and write a book and, and start consulting and offer to train? How, how did ISS become your passion? Well, it's, I mean, the first year initially, you know, I don't think it was my passion. I realized saying that IS in school suspension is my passion makes me sound like a weirdo. But once I started getting some success and seeing what the, the possibilities were, I started to think of it from the teacher's perspective. And if you think of it this way, um, you know, say you're a school teacher and, you know, you have some misbehaviors in your classroom that are kind of blowing up. And now you go through this whole process of making a referral, which includes trying your own behavior interventions in class. Uh, then you have to contact a parent mm -hmm. right before you can send a referral. Then you send the referral. Then you send then the referral has to go through an administrator who has to spend their time and then also contact a parent to inform them of you know what the consequence is going to be. And then they send a kid to in-school suspension. And now they you know, now they come back to your room, your, your, your classroom, not having received any kind of intervention and now also one to three days behind an in instruction like that to me cannot happen. Uh, I just, you know, I can't live that way and I can't let my teachers live that way. So that's where I started to become more passionate about it. I was like, look, no, I, I'm going to go beyond for you guys. And and it's not hard, you know, like people think I'm working really hard. There's, there's some misconceptions for one. People think I'm, you know, I'm in there. I, I'm not, I'm doing something that's really fun that my other teachers don't get to do, which is spend a lot of time working one-on-one -on -one with kids. I get an eternity to work one-on-one -on -one with my learners. So I get sometimes more one-on-one -on -one time than, you know, a teacher gets with a student all year. I've worked for three hours side by side with, you know, one kid just, you know, uh, filling gaps, going over skills that they were supposed to have learned in fifth grade and sixth grade, and they didn't. And so we go and close those gaps after we've gotten all their regular schoolwork done. Um, and then the other misconception is that I deal with a lot of behaviors and I simply don't, you know, I have it set up to where, you know, we know what the, the, the consequence and the, or we know what the response is going to be to pretty much every behavior that you can imagine in ISS. So I, I don't really have to deal with a lot of that stuff. Um, but what I can do is go beyond and get these teachers some help. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So seventh grade last semester, uh, right at the end of the semester, we're going over uh, Pythagorean theorem and it's A squared plus B squared equals C squared, right? So <clears throat> I work with a kid on doing A squared, teaching him the Pythagorean theorem and they give you, you know, A and B a lot of the time, and then you have to figure out C, but sometimes they give you A and C and now you have a two-step equation, right? So you have to do a little bit of algebra. Well, I find out the child doesn't have that skill. So then we go back and we learn that skill. And in the process of learning that skill, we learned that they don't know how to divide decimals. So then we go back and we fill that gap. And it's very easy when you're working one-on-one -on -one with a kid to go and give them some supports that they didn't, that they didn't have. And you've got time to do it quite often. So now I'm sending them back to the classroom, not only caught up on their work, but they're also now, we've also filled in some gaps that they needed. So now they're probably going to be a little bit better student because they're a little bit more engaged. And another thing that I do with kids now is, and I didn't do this in my first and second year, but I am now in my third and fourth year, 
um, doing this. Uh, well, I'll go and look in there. Uh, you guys use Schoology or Google Classroom? Mm -hmm. An SIM mm -hmm. or a, um, LMS, like a learning management system. Yeah. Right. So I'll go in there and I'll be like, oh, look, you're failing social studies. Well, let's look at these grades. And, you know, maybe they've got some 30s and 40s in there. So I'll just contact the teacher and say, hey, can we reopen this so we can do this and get this done and get this grade up? And so a lot of times my kids, they're they're caught up and now they're also passing when they go back to the teacher so and then i can have those conversations with them of like you know okay so do we want to keep this going now right do you want to like stay on top of this a little bit more i'm not asking you to now be you know this you know work as you know much harder than you were already. i'm just asking you to, to work a little bit harder than you were before try to stay on top of things a little bit more and things will be easier and that's when you start to see some of those behaviors changing in the classroom, making the lives of the teachers a little bit easier, which speaks to teacher retention, because I know that's a big issue right now. You know, if you can cut down on the behaviors, help the teachers out, you know, take something off of their plate, fill some gaps for them, you know, all the things that you can do that you have the freedom to do in an in-school suspension room and even get some SEL in or some, you know, restorative uh, stuff done at the end of the day when it's, you know, when they're primed for it, then, uh, you know, you've done a lot for that teacher. For, for, for all of those, you know, for that one student's teachers, all of them, all eight of them or whatever. Um, so that's, that's how I became passionate about it because I see the value of what it is. And now I'm on these shows trying to get everyone else to see the value so that we can deal with this tier two issue. Because right now, if you look at, uh, you had a, a person on your podcast, just a, a few, it aired a few, a, a few podcasts ago or a few episodes ago, talking about getting teachers, uh, classroom management prepared before they actually get they, more training on classroom management mm -hmm. before they actually get to the classroom, right? Because the reason they're leaving is they don't have the classroom management skills. They're finding out that they can't teach because there's too many behaviors and that's very frustrating. And then when they go to admin for a solution, well, nobody has a tier two solution, right? We have plenty of tier one, all that stuff that they get. That's what everybody gets. And then when it gets to tier two, their solution is OSS and ISS and neither of those are effective. So now you've get, you know, you get people feeling like they don't have a solution, feeling like their admin doesn't have a solution, that causes tension. It causes people to want to leave, you know, sadly, um, because the job is hard enough without, you know, like I said, going through that whole process of sending a kid, you know, yeah, you got a break from for three days, but now they come back and it's more work to yeah. get them caught up. So that's why I'm passionate about it to answer your question. I hope I didn't drone on too long. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I mean, you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording about you know, in your words, the bar was low when you started. Um, but it, if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, it's like, yeah, but we could raise the bar and this could help kids academically and help teachers feel supported and help kids want to make better choices. And it's like that, that is really, really powerful and can have a big positive impact on not just a kid or a teacher, but a whole school having an, having an ISS program that, you know, is effective. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm no expert on ISS, but why it's so intriguing. Just the topic is like, wow, you know, we could make ISS a lot more effective. I bet, I bet a lot of schools, um, unless they have a guy like you who who's jumping in, which, you know, a lot of people, when they end up in that role, you know, you hear, Hey, I'm trying to get into a teaching position. So I took a job in the district as, an ISS coordinator and I'm waiting for an opening. It's, it's sometimes a role where he, I always think about if you, if you are lucky enough to have a, 
uh, a position or funding for it is like, well, you got to really have some certain personality traits and characteristics when you're trying to hire an ISS teacher, you know, you, uh, you see some of the, some of the situations where, and I, I wanted to ask you this question, Jonathan, when, when kids come to you as the ISS teacher, how do you balance, you know, having structure and high expectations, which you, you really need in that setting, but also um, trying to build a little bit of a relationship with the kid when they're in the program how do you how do you balance between you know i'm swinging the big stick and hey let's go shoot some hoops i'm your i'm your i'm your best friend um iss is fun i'm the cool guy how do you balance that right well i'm never the cool guy and um, i don't need a 12 year old friend so uh, i don't look at it that way but i do care about my kids and this is how it works i i have a chapter in the book called win the morning win the day so i lay everything out fairly clearly in the morning of how everything is going to go. And I, you know, I, I spent about 20 minutes just talking with them um, or talking to them essentially and laying out, this is our procedure for everything. This is how we go to lunch. This is how we line up for the restroom. This is when your restroom break is going to happen. This is what you're going to do when you finish an assignment. You're going to raise your hand. You're going to bring it to me. I'm going to check it. I keep track of, you know, all of these things that are happening in my room and, uh, and, and, and they know, so they, they, there's no surprises in my in-school suspension room. But then <clears throat> what I do is there's, there's a one thing I do that I think gives them a little bit of, excuse me, one thing that gives them a little bit of self-efficacy, which I think is valuable is I have a, um, uh, my own seating chart where I also track behaviors and documentation, but I track work. So I can have, you know, first period, if a kid wants to work on ELA, <clears throat> Excuse me, it's early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get some water. Um, so if I have, like, say say a kid wants to work ELA first thing in the morning, well, then that's fine. And another kid wants to work math, that's fine, because I can track all of that uh, and let it all go on at the same time. And I let them know, I'm like, hey, we're going to do core content first, but you choose the order of how you want to tackle this. So they have some self-efficacy right off the bat. Um, I show them respect and letting them know, like, you know, I'm not going to assign busy work in here unless you earn it. There's no busy work in my in-school suspension room. There is assignments, uh, you know, and that is it. You know, we, we complete all of our assignments. Your life is going to get e easier in here. I'm not going to let you watch video games and play YouTube or, or play video games and watch YouTube, but I'm going to, you know, I'll give you some things that we can do to pass the time, but we're not going to, uh, it's not going to be fun. Uh, but when you do finish all of your assignments and, you know, make sure you're passing everything and, you know, we've, we've gone through, you know, if we don't have any gaps to close, um, then, you know, your life in here is just going to be, you know, a little bit smoother and easier. Uh, so they have that uh, right off the bat. They have my respect. They know they have that. Uh, they know that they have some, you know, some choice in the matter. And then they're going to see my willingness to work with them and help them achieve something. And what it all comes back to is nurturing, essentially. Like I am nurturing in my ISS room, these children and nurturing I, you know, as an adult, I now understand its meaning and it is not, hey, I'm going to hold your hand and play basketball with you and be your best friend. Uh, and I'm going to let a lot of things go. Um, what it is, is, you know, hey, I am not going to allow uh, any of these behaviors in this classroom, but that's not going to matter to you because there is so much willingness to, to help you achieve something today, to be here, to work with you that you, that stuff's just not going to matter to you because you're going to, we're going to build some momentum. We're going to get some things done. And at the end of the day, you're going to feel good about it. Is that, do you hear that at the end of the day when they're, when they're walking out, what do you like thinking about a student who maybe it's their first trip 
or their first, you know, in-school suspension ever, um, end of the day, what do you hear from those kids walking out? Yeah, a lot of times they're they're happy. They're like, oh, yeah, I got caught up on all my, all my work. You know, I feel good. And we want to build on that momentum. The tier ones that come in for the first time and usually their last time, you know, I call them that's still a tier one, even though they got a tier two intervention. They they made an impulse buy and skipped a class or something stupid. You know, it's just they're not going to be back there. They get in trouble once a year. You know, they're not uh, they're not that that level of behavior. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so, you know, for them, it's it's usually just, uh, there's not a lot that uh, they don't need a lot of redirection and they have a pretty okay day in ISS. And it's actually not that bad. And they're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Um, now, uh, another type of student, you know, if you have a tier, uh, and I hate to put them in categories, you know, people are not tier one, tier two, they they, they kind of, you know, they fluctuate, depending on what's, what's going on in their lives. But if you have those tier two type students who get in a lot of, you know, repeat customers to ISS, then uh, one thing you need to know is, you know, day, one day in there is, isn't so bad, but three days is brutal. Yeah. By day two, the, the <laughs> newness of it has worn off. And all we do in here is work, right, for the most part. And, you know, we do some SEL stuff at the end of the day, and that's nice. Um, that gives them a little bit of a break. But, you know, that is out the very end of the day. Um, and I put it there for a very specific reason. You'll have to read about that in, in the book. Um, or we can get into it if we have time, See? but, uh, there, but yeah, so, so, you know, a three day versus a one day is different. When you get those repeat kids in there, you know, what you're trying to do oftentimes, especially with, with a tier two kid, especially at the junior high level, when a lot of times it's not a skill issue. Like we know if they can tell me on a behavior reflection sheet, uh, that they know what they should have done in X situation, then we know it's not a skill issue. This is just an issue of they're making choices um, because of their used to, you know, it's getting them what they want. It's been serving them up to this point. And so they're going to keep on doing it. And so what I'm, my goal is now is to get them to associate the behavior with the consequence. So Jonathan, what, what you had me thinking about when we were talking, associating the behavior with the consequence on the student's end, I I always worry a little bit that you have some students that choose to act out um in classroom or or in the milieu because they really deep down would rather be in ISS. It's safer. They learn more. Um, they don't have the social pressure that they that they feel in you know classrooms, lunchrooms. Do you ever do you ever find that students will will kind of step on that line on purpose because they would they would rather learn in your program in the ISS room? You're right. Well, we don't have very many who prefer to be an ISS. The only uh, the only children I've seen who, who actually really kind of have expressed that they like ISS better than regular school is my uh, my high functioning uh, ASD uh, kids, kids that are on the spectrum. Like there's a few of those I've had who would just rather be in the quiet, you know, away from everybody else. Uh, and they do OK and in, in, in school suspension. Um, but there, uh, but, but I haven't had anybody who's intentionally trying to come in that room, uh, not in four years anyway. Gotcha. Um, if, if you were, if you were going to start an ISS program or restart an ISS program, what would you recommend schools do as the first step? Like, Hey, to really get ISS headed in the right direction, this is the key. This is the foundation you got to lay. What would you, what would you tell us? Well, the first thing you want is you want an educator in the room. You don't want a babysitter. 
so someone who is actually feels like they're an educator, they're a classroom teacher, preferably, um, you know, and you don't necessarily have to be a, a classroom teacher to be a good in-school suspension teacher. I think it really helps. And that's what we should shoot for. But somebody who sees themselves as an educator and who's passionate about working with kids, um, not just someone who wants to sit there and, and do what the kids are doing uh, on their, you know, school issued laptops or phones or whatever. Um, and then you just need to implement a what I call infrastructure which is the, uh, the setup of the room, the physical layout, the, uh, for us, we have a, a digital and a physical infrastructure. You know, the digital is uh, how we get work to the in-school suspension teacher. Uh, for myself, that is a, a spreadsheet that is editable by all the teachers in the school. So an email goes out to them um, and then uh, to every teacher who has a student in in-school suspension that day. And then they add work into this uh, spreadsheet based on, you know, uh, whatever their uh, subject is. And so I always have, uh, work very easily on to I me. Mean, if you don't have, um, if, you're, if your classroom isn't one-to-one, -one, uh, if your school isn't one-to-one, -one, meaning every kid has a laptop, which is that's, that's how our campuses are, that's how a lot of campuses are going, uh, then you can just have a printer in the room. So they can still send you assignments that way. Uh, and then you can just print out the hard copies uh, to give to the students. Uh, so that's step one for infrastructure. And then um, after that, you put in, you implement structure. So like I said before, there's a way, a uh, rule and a procedure for how we do everything. There's, you know, the, do we line up by number, you know, the, the number that's above our desk? Do we, um, how do we go to the bathroom? When are our breaks? Uh, how do we go to lunch? Uh, what are the rules? That's a big one. You know, the rules are posted up very uh, large in the room. And in my room, they're actually three places, big posters in three places um, and, you know, make sure that that has gone over and everybody understands the rules and procedures. And then from there, uh, I would say refine your program until you can get it to the point where it is, you know, it, it's hitting all three things. It is, you know, functioning as an intervention for behavior. It is, you know, getting them, they're not losing instruction at minimum uh, and preferably they're getting caught up and, and maybe even uh, closing some gaps. And, and, and then, uh, Third, you want to have some social emotional learning, uh, restorative practices going on in there, depending on your group size. Yeah, that can, to me sounds like a, a dream, right? If you can do those three things in ISS, it's like, wow, that that's what ISS should be. It is so doable. And it, it is, like I said, it's a different skill set, which is why I think people haven't really gotten gotten into it yet. Um, but it's teachable. It's doable. Uh, it is, it's, it's something that can change the climate of the campus fairly quickly versus, you know, you have PBIS implementation, which takes years, you have restorative justice where, you know, it takes years to get all these by, and those are good things to shoot for. Those are very good things to shoot for. In fact, I think that this is the, the base. If you're, you know, trying to implement a PBIS program, you still need discipline that is effective. So uh, you need that tier two support and ISS can be that. Uh, but it's, it's doable and it's a quick turnaround um, you know, we can change the campus in, you know, I can change an ISS in, in one day, in one workshop, you know, we can, we can show people, provided we have all the stakeholders there. You know, when I do the workshops now, it's not, not just, well, give me your ISS teachers and we'll, uh, we'll train them and then they'll go out. We I actually, it's, it's a little bit more like, yeah, you give me your ISS teacher, but I also need some of the administrators or at least one administrator there so that they can understand what to look for and understand, you know, how to support and also how to hold those folks accountable. Because, if, uh, you know, if you were coming to my room and nobody has ever done this because again, the bar is super low, but if you were to come into my in-school suspension room and say, 
hey, uh, why did this student only get two out of his four core content subjects done? He only got science and social studies and didn't touch math and ELA. In my opinion, the only two right answers to that question are, well, here is my documentation of why I didn't have instructional control of that student because of these behaviors. And, you know, we were working through them and then we got him on track and then, or it is, well, we had some map testing to get through. And then we had, you know, some other, a big social studies project. And that took a lot of time. Those are the only two acceptable answers. Like we have a reason we have documentation. If things aren't getting done there, I keep documentation as to you know, everything that's happening and why. Uh, now, does anybody ever ask me for that documentation? Uh, really known hardly ever, but it's there, you know, and it can be trained and, and taught to other folks how to do it. And then, um, and, and another way it helps you guys out, you admin is, you know, I document, I document behavior. So when his child does uh, fail to complete their, their day of in-school suspension uh, successfully, then what I do is I have a lot of documentation to send to you. And I request respectfully that the child gets another day of in-school suspension. I don't like them going out of school suspension, um, you know, because then we're just rewarding the behavior, you know, then you get to go home and play video games instead of successfully complete ISS, right? Which you don't like, um, or, you know, you get to avoid those classes that you don't like, like, you know, that Spanish class you hate or whatever, because you got sent home. No, like my only response when you don't successfully complete a day of ISS is just more ISS. So they eventually catch on to, okay, there's no exit strategy. We are intervening in the behavior and we're not giving them a way out. One, one thing I'm, I'm curious to hear your answer on, Jonathan. If, if you're in a school that doesn't have the resources to get a, a full-time um, ISS room, full-time ISS teacher, and you're kind of piecing together things, like I've seen some schools it's like well we could try and get a substitute teacher today um well subs are about as um short as teachers right now there's not usually a lot of subs available and how many subs really would love that call hey do you want to come run iss room duty today um but how, how would you closes it when i'm not there <laughs> yeah yeah how would you how would you recommend if schools don't have the the full-time ISS resources, how, how could, how could they still use some of these same ideas and get those results um, piecing together an ISS program? Sure. So my first recommendation, well, first always, you know, if you can get an educator in the room, that's best. If you can't, the second thing I think would be to get a paraprofessional in that room, somebody who's going to stay in that room steady. I mean, you could do a long-term sub in there, but like you said, who wants that job? Um, so we can train a para to implement the, uh, how to run the room, implement the structure, the infrastructure, get them going, uh, hopefully get them passionate about, about what they can do, and then have uh, teachers going in there. Uh, uh, I've seen this done on another campus where they have one teacher coming in every period uh, based on subject or content. Um, you could run it that way, but everybody needs to still be bought in because what happens is when you have multiple people coming in and out the room, then children are trying to figure out, uh, you know, well, what can I get away with this teacher? What can I get away with with that teacher? And it's, it becomes a mess and it's very hard to control. So you have a pair kind of holding the room down uh, and, 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 and leaning on that structure and accountability for each student. And that's what they're there for. And then you have the teachers coming in 
to you know one period per you know each teacher gets one one class period to come in and either teach that subject or or provide one to one or small group help, and I think it can be worked successfully that way. Um, but you do still need to have that parent in there as the uh, point of control for the room, and the teachers also have to be understand that you know how to work with that para and allow them to be the one doing the classroom management so that the teacher can get things uh, can focus on the uh, the content. That'd be my, probably the best way. Or you just have a para in there all day and you train them really well to do the best that they can. Um, if you don't have the option to have the teachers come in there and that's really just your second best option. Uh, I wouldn't recommend a substitute teacher at all because they're they're not going to stick with the job most most likely. Yeah. Or, or what always makes me cringe, um, really a, a lot of times the ISS room ends up being in the office and the person who ends up managing the the student is the secretary mm -hmm. and it's like man that is one of the hardest jobs in education constant interruptions you can't stay focused and then you want me to manage a kid's behavior <laughs> it's like yeah. that that usually doesn't 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 go very well and and really i mean poor secretaries it's like should you have to manage iss no Right. The people who really run the school, <laughs> we're yeah. going to throw that wrench at them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not their job. And, and they're in the business of actually making sure that everything on that campus happens the way it's supposed to. Uh, secretaries don't get enough credit. It's 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 a tough job. Um, and yeah, throwing an ISS kid in there with them is just going to make their day next to impossible. Well, the, the, the ISS thing, it's not going to happen, right? They're not going to get an effective intervention. The kid's going to be on their phone watching Marvel movies all day or on their school-issued laptop, you know, just playing around and you're not going to get anything done. You're not going to get an intervention. Right, right. Time time served at best. Well, Jonathan, what's the, uh, what's the best way for listeners to reach out to you and get in contact? Yeah, there is a contact form on my website, theartofiss.com. That's the art of iss.com. Uh, and they can reach out through the contact page. And I think there's even a little uh, message box on there, a chat box on there where they can uh, try to, uh, you know, type in the chat and it'll, it'll text my phone. I think that's probably the best way if they're interested in uh, reaching out to me and finding out more. Yeah. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes to find um, the website. And then we, we always love, as you know, being a listener to the show, we love to end with um, what, what can the listeners do this week, Jonathan, to be a more transformative leader like you? Just start thinking of the in-school suspension room differently. Like just start to, to imagine a little bit outside the box, what it could be, start to visualize what it could actually be for your campus and how that would affect your teachers, uh, how that would affect your job, how that would affect the impact that it could have on your students. Uh, think about all those things and then, uh, you know, possibly reach out to me. That would be a good thing. Um, but it really helps if you can at least start to view it in a different way. And that's why I'm out here kind of preaching about it because, you know, I tell my, my, my administrators on other campuses, you know, if you treat the ISS room like a dumping ground, it's probably going to be a dumping ground. Right. You have to start viewing it as, no, this is a behavior support. This is our only tier two intervention because out of school suspension does nothing to benefit, doesn't benefit anyone uh, really. So, you know, start taking it seriously because we're looking for that solution. We need that solution. Our teachers need that solution. Our kids need that solution. 
and, uh, you know, start figuring out a way to make that happen. And, and of course, you know, if you, you want to reach out to me, get my book, um, whatever, you know, start doing those things because you can have a pretty quick impact on your campus just by turning your ISS room into more of a, a learning center, intervention center than uh, just a dumping ground. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Really appreciate your time. And thanks for sharing your, your passion for ISS with the listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers' time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.